Hello, everybody, and welcome into the FBW Kids podcast, episode one. My name is Lane, and I am joined alongside my co-host, Kim. Yes, so glad to be here. We are so excited to be diving into the wonderful world of children's ministry with all of you listening. And so today's episode is going to be some introductions about us, so that way you guys can kind of get to know who we are, our heart behind what we do at our church and our children's ministry, and then also just to kind of, you know, get to know us as people as well. And then we're going to dive into why children's ministry is important. So super excited about today. Just some fun facts before we dive in, because I didn't think about this at first, but we should probably let the people know where we're from. So we are from First Baptist Wiley, which is a little bit outside of Dallas, Texas. So that's where our church is. It is a big popping area. (laughs) It is. It surprises people when they come to Wiley, just how big and growing it is. And it's changing all the time. Literally right before this, we stopped at a coffee shop that just opened up like next door that just opened up today because the, the demand is growing. And so this town is just booming. And so it's really a lot of fun. It's fun being in the Dallas area, Mm -hmm. being in Texas. So, but that's just where we are, who we're like kind of where we're from. So now we'll get into ourselves, who we are. Kim, we'll start with you. Okay. So we're going to tell everybody some fun facts about yourself, how you got into ministry, fun things like that. Okay. Awesome. I'm so excited about this podcast. I hope it's encouraging and just, um, really informative and even maybe some practical things that we can talk through in the future as well. But my name is Kim and I am married to Tim and our names rhyme. And I just think that's the goodness of the Lord over me being able to introduce myself with a rhyming named husband. And we've been married for three years. We met in 2016 and um, dated married shortly after that and so we've been married for a little over three years and we have a daughter named Eden like Garden of Eden and uh, she is 15 months old and is the best ministry baby we could have asked for she's super resilient she's up here all the time at our church and just does such a good job um, loving people really well and one thing that we love is adventure and so we find adventure in all sorts of places we love to travel my husband and I both have spent time overseas he was in China for a while I was in England for a while and so we love airports We love uh, to be on planes and traveling or even just a trip anywhere. We love adventure. I do love coffee, so I am very thankful that a new coffee shop opened up next door to our offices. I'm definitely going to frequent that place because I do love coffee. And one of the things I do love is children's ministry. And I've been doing this for 10 years full time. But uh, it's going on my 11th year right now. I was called to the ministry when I was 13, had been a Christian for several years, and felt the Lord calling me at a Disciple Now, which is just like a youth weekend um, event, and felt the Lord be really clear to my heart that children's ministry and doing something with my teaching gifting uh, would be a part of my future. And so at that point, I just kind of hit the ground running. I'm not t- I'm not the type of person, which Lane, you have learned and everyone listening will learn, I am not the type of person to be slow on things or cautious. Like if I feel God saying something, we're doing it. And so I'm pretty certain of those things. And so that was just a very real, um, just 
deep in my heart uh, moment with the Lord. And at 15, I was running a preschool midweek uh, ministry and continued on just serving as a volunteer, part-time, full-time, you know, even throughout college. I definitely, a fun fact, I never wanted to for sure do this full-time. I always tell our volunteers I wanted to be them. I wanted to be the best volunteer I could have ever been. I'm sure we'll talk about this in future episodes, but I really do think they are so valuable, our leaders and our volunteers that we get to work with. And that's really would have been my dream uh, to teach in the public school and to be an awesome volunteer. But God had other plans. And so even throughout college, I got a history degree, which I love. We could go on a whole tangent about my love for history, but I got a history degree, student taught, did some teaching uh, overseas, but the Lord was continuing to knock the door down and just really guide me even pretty strongly with some rejection letters to other jobs for me to really hear that that calling when I was 13 was actually meant to be my full-time job. And so I uh, surrendered that and understood what he was wanting me to do. And so um, went full-time back in 2011. So I'm working on my 11th year and have been in several churches uh, throughout a couple in Texas, Wisconsin, and then overseas in England and have just loved every moment of it and of my journey and i'm so excited to just get to talk about things of kids ministry so that is so cool i I mean i've heard your story before but (laughs) i think that's it's a unique one and it's one that just is really cool to hear and like i'm sure people will connect with that and so now we'll move on to me yes my name is my name is lane i'm married to jane no i'm just kidding i'm not wouldn't that be awesome i know we need to need to meet (laughs) i am very much single but i am fresh into full-time ministry i have not even made it to two years yet i'm a little over a year and a half in and even though I am fresh into it, I have been working with kids in some capacity for a while now, several years. I mean, since I was in college, which was the fall of 2015, Mm -hmm. I started serving as a volunteer, tried, well, I was pretty much the volunteer at my, at my dream job right there. I know, which I loved. I loved every (laughs) second of it. And then kind of along the journey through college, got to work at Century Kid camps, which is where my love for children's ministry really grew. And I kind of decided in the midst of working and probably my late in my second summer, I kind of discovered this is what I want to do with my life. Because up to that point, I wanted to be in sports broadcasting. I loved sports. I still do love sports. I could talk about sports all day long. And so I just thought, oh, that would be so great to be able to do that for a career and to do that. And then kind of the more I dove into that life and what that looks like, I was like, actually, I don't think this is what I want anymore and did a lot of deep soul searching. And I was like, yes, children's ministry is kind of where I feel like I belong and where I feel like I am the most authentic to myself. And so I just... It brought me, like, it just called to me that this is what I needed to do full time. And then my journey here was also very much so different because I am from Nashville, Tennessee, originally, lived there 
for 22 years of my life and decided when I wanted to go into children's ministry that I needed to be willing to go wherever the Lord called. And it just so happened that Kim's husband, Tim, worked Center Kid as well, had kind of thrown out like, hey, we're looking for somebody to come on board on staff to kind of help in our children's ministry area. It was actually at an Edge conference that we both were like, attention world, we need somebody on my team. Okay, I didn't know that part, but I did know that there's lots of people at Lifeway who worked Mm -hmm. at my church who knew, and then they knew I was interested in going into children's ministry. But since I kind of waited so late in the ball game, as I like to put it, to kind of switch that direction, I didn't necessarily feel comfortable jumping in on my own. I felt like I needed a place where I could grow, I could learn, and I could pick up things kind of more naturally. And they were like, I think this would be great for you. Just throw out an application. I was like, okay. So I did and then went through the process and then got hired in January, started in February of 2020. The whole world shut down after that. It was kind of a weird state to be in for sure because it was like okay i don't i feel like everything was so god driven i was like surely this is (laughs) it's not where it's gonna stop now that i've gotten out here but it surely was not actually 2020 opened a lot of doors for me through just other things we were able to do Mm -hmm. in our ministry which i'm sure we'll talk about at some point but online services things like that really allowed me to get integrated a lot faster i feel like with our church a lot of people got to know me more see more of me and kind of really feel more connected and and get plugged in so it really was a blessing 2020 was not and i know that i'm one of the outliers here 2020 for me was not as bad as it was for others and i'm very thankful and blessed to be able to say that but yes my journey out here was not a typical one and but i don't regret a single second of it i love being here some fun facts about me i'm a disney holic so that's an understatement yeah you will probably hear a lot of disney things come up just from my love of it and then also i am also a deep fan of the lsu tigers so if you ever hear just a go tigers get screamed out in the middle of the podcast which they're not doing too hot right now so that might not happen as often as it used to but but you're a true fan you're not just like when they're winning you are constant throughout and that's pretty incredible Fairweather fan is not a description you would find out or you would say about me. So I love I love them, though. And like I said, I love sports, love things like that. So I'm just really excited to be doing this, though, because this is something where obviously my journalism background, because that's what I was majoring in, really comes into play. This is something I've always really kind of wanted to do. But now we have the platform to be able to do it. So Super excited. But that's us. That's who we are as people. And we love getting to know others. So please reach out to us and follow us. I'm sure we'll make some pages for this thing at some point. But we would love to stay in contact with you guys and just reach out and get to know you guys as well as you guys are getting to know us. But we'll move into now kind of the topic for today which is why children's ministry is important. Because I think the, and and Kim, you've been in this a lot longer Mm -hmm. than me. So this is just how I've always felt. 
when I was a kid, children's ministry was not really the focal point as much as it is now. Not to say that it didn't matter way back in early, this for me was early 2000s going into mid 2000s, but it just was, it had a different vibe to it. It was like, oh, you went to Sunday school, you learned a Bible story, and then you went to worship with your parents. You know, you didn't, there was nothing really for kids to do. You had to go to worship. You had to go sit there. And maybe once a month during service, they would have a time where you'd go sit down at the front, you hear a story from somebody, and then you'd go back and sit with your parents. And not not to say that that's the wrong thing, but it has definitely evolved since, like, I was a child. And so you could probably say more on that. But, like, that's just how I felt. Yeah. So I'll toss it over to you Yeah, how you've kind of viewed that. I totally agree. Um, you know, my dad was actually – that was another another fun fact. My dad was actually in children's ministry right around the time that God called me to ministry. So it was an easy open door for me to be able to serve and things like that uh, because he was doing that part-time. And I think that historically has been – if you look at specifically Baptist churches, because that's our denomination. And so that's really my biggest viewpoint, I would say, um, as far as my history. But as far as that goes, really, children's ministers were either not hired, so it was a volunteer only, or they were a part-time person just to make sure like rooms were staffed and curriculum whatever they were doing, made copies of and or the midweek program, that type of thing. It was a very small, it just kind of seemed, I would agree with you, Lane, it just, and I'm a true 90s kid, born in the 80s, grew up in the 90s. And even then, it was very much a afterthought. I feel like the church, specifically the Baptist denomination of church, really focused in on adult ministry. And so most churches, you would hire a pastor an adult education pastor, and then a youth pastor would be third. And children's ministry was really left off the list. Obviously, most of the time the education did music as well because you always had a both of those. But really, you didn't never saw a children's ministry. I agree. We grew up with the children's sermon at the front, usually by the lead pastor or somebody like that. And I we could I could go off on a whole tangent of just historically what the Baptist faith and the big C church in general, um, their process and what really happened long ago to kind of get us to this point. But I'm really thankful that we do seem to see that um, just a tide is turning on that. I really think that it seems like from my perspective, that children's ministry is gaining some ground. I think there's a lot more work to be done. At my last church, I was the first ever children's pastor uh, that they had ever hired on full time. And so that was just a little bit of a picture. That church had been around for 75 plus years and had never hired a full time children's minister, didn't maybe see the need for it, I feel like. I feel like obviously there's good intentions and you kind of do want to focus on the adults because that's who can drive and that's who you know you want to reach and you want to get the word out to and that's the people that fill the big room and i think that's very true and i think that's is important but from my perspective i feel like if we're going to build the church the big c church it really does start small you have to start with the littlest uh, of 
of the kiddos in order to bring young families in, in order to really craft that foundation and give them a strong foundation it can't happen when you hope that they return as an adult that's very rare that that happens when adults just decide to come back to church so we really do that foundation is so needed and so i agree i think that it's just been lacking even in my growing up that was really all that was offered was sunday school we had children's church at some point, some type of way, but obviously volunteer-led, and then you had usually a, an Awana program or something to do on a Wednesday night. Uh, but a, as far as very vision-centered and a direction and somebody leading the way, that was very rare. I, I know I didn't have that growing up. Yeah, and like that's one of those things that I see now, all these children's areas that are, I mean, just beautiful, you know, like... They have taken the time. I know my church back in Tennessee, there was a big push to redo the downstairs area into a specific children's area. And like that took several years to do. And it's not near the space that like we have here, but like for them to have their own dedicated space now just shows you like to your point, how far it has come like and how much people now realize how important it is to train up that next generation of disciples. And, and I think another thing too, that you kind of started to get into a little bit is like, it doesn't just start when they're in first grade, you know, you think Mm -hmm. about even from the time they're newborns. I know that a lot of people think, Oh, it's just changing diapers or, you know, holding them and all that. I mean, yes, that is a big part of it. I mean, I'm not saying you're not going to do that. You're definitely going to change a newborn's diaper at some point during church on Sunday. But I think you can start to build little baby steps, no pun intended there, from from those early ages to continue to build as their faith grows up. And I think now preschool ministry is now just as important to the picture. It's not just coloring coloring pages it's not just coloring pages eating snacks drinking from those little you know Dixie cups cups, you know that I have pants that look like um you know it's not just that anymore it's it's actually like building relationships with these kids and deepening their their knowledge of Jesus and who he is and how much he loves them and like this past week we do a thing here where we shout out some of our leaders and our leaders from our first one of our first grade classes mentioned that he loves serving because he loves seeing how deeply, even at a young age, our first graders understand scripture and just how much they love to know and to learn. And like, that's so cool to hear because sometimes you wonder, you do wonder, does a first grader actually understand? Does it go over their head? Does it go mm-hmm. under the table? Where does it go? And to that point, I'll say, like, I think they some do. Some may not. Some may take a little bit longer than others. But I've had deep theological discussions with a third grader at camp before. I mean, literally had a notebook full of questions for me when he came out to talk to me as a camp counselor. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I've had deep conversations more than I've had, I think, some deep conversations with adults who still struggle. So I think that's a really good point, Lane. And I think maybe you're speaking to, to the discussion or maybe the, um, 
just intent behind how ministry has been done in the past because I do think there was a lack of understanding that kids really do matter, that they do have something to offer. Obviously, we see in Scripture that Jesus knew that. Jesus saw that they had something to offer. That is clear. He never turned them away. That's a story we say all the time, but maybe that story needs to be pushed in front of adults um, for them to see because I think sometimes it just seems to be an afterthought. We'll just give them a color page. We will just have them play on the playground. And it's so much more than that. And I think if if we really truly understand that not only are they going to be the next generation, the next leaders of our church, but also that they have something to offer right now, I think that's huge. Like that person, that kiddo, that had that list of questions, 100%, I feel like God is setting him up to then share those answers with somebody else who has those questions. And maybe that happens at their lunch table or in the car on the way home. I know for me, across my years, I've had plenty of kiddos lead other kiddos to Jesus or even their parents to Jesus. We can't be naive to think that our current world situation is how it was when we were growing up, when church was the place to be. I feel like now we're fighting against so many other places to be, whether that's sports or dance or even just home or family traveling. I feel like that's something in Wiley specifically. We see a lot of people who are constantly on the go traveling to different places, not just for sports, but for other family members and things like that. And so I think we're now up against all of that. And so it's no longer just you have to come to campus to attend. It's really like that is really where it's important is those kids and just raising them up from the get-go, um, understanding that Jesus thought that they were important and that they can have those theological conversations even as a six-year-old or even younger than that. They need to understand the truths of God's word. They can. And I think, too, another part of this is the world we live in, you know, which is driven by those outside extracurricular things, is also much more broken now than it even was Whereas a lot more broken families, there's a lot more just societal issues that are now being experienced through school, even mm-hmm. as early on as these kids in children's ministry, which I guess we can throw out the age range of birth through about sixth grade is what we kind of yeah, typically cover as children's as children's ministry. And you think about especially those fifth and sixth graders that are now going into a, like a preteen society that starts to know about all these things that we never thought about as preteens, even with the, you know, gap and the times that we grew up, that was not, that was still were not things that we experienced. Right. And so I think that's where the core value of children's ministry really steps in, especially in a world today, because this gives them a home. This gives them a place to feel safe, to talk about those issues and to learn how to combat that, not in a violent way like the world would probably want to show, but in a biblical way that can help to bring peace, that can help to bring just the comfort of of the Lord. Yeah. So just the, bro- you know, the brokenness of this world is just so much stronger now. And children's ministry, I think, really drives that. So, yeah, I agree. I think that is where we see the importance. We have to at this point. I mean, there, there's really, where else can they find the hope 
yeah. this has to be their safe place. And so it is important to have a staff ready, to have vision ready, to know where we're going. I think it helps parents understand that they are at least going to have some type of safe environment where they can learn about Jesus on their level, not just attending worship with their parents like we had too long ago, that it's on their level. And I think that's as God intended it. It's clear that you, I mean, even scripture says that you have to have faith like a child in order to truly understand the kingdom of God. And I I think that sometimes we miss that. I think sometimes we say, oh, well, we have to wait until they know so much, or we have to wait until they can serve or they can drive themselves or those types of things. And there, there is no time to wait because I totally agree what you're saying. They're already up against things. I mean, we had preschool camp and had a four-year-old with a cell phone that came to preschool camp. So it is not getting easier. That's for sure. It's getting harder. And the choices that parents have to make are difficult. And so we have to come alongside them and provide a space where they can really understand who God is, who Jesus is, what he wants for them, how much he loves them, and start building that foundation so that when they are, sixth grade and beyond and they are faced with those decisions and those conversations they already have that foundation they are already able to have those answers and the confidence in who god made them to be and that's just going to help create a new generation and help transform the next generation into honoring God and spreading his fame, like we like to say here at FBW, spreading his fame to all people. And so it really does have to start when you are sixth grade and under. Yeah. Yeah, no. And I love that you brought into the decisions that parents have to make, because I think it's also important to realize that children's ministry isn't just for a child. Like children's ministry, what what's really important and something that I know we stress on here is partnering with our parents to equip them to be successful. I mean, that's one of the reasons, that's one of the driving forces behind this podcast just in general is because we have a family conference coming up within this month and we wanted to be able to share some of those lessons being taught there to the parents that are going to come with everybody because it's so important now and you hit the point, I mean, right on, right on the money, because it's like the decisions they're having to make that, that I will have to make that you're going to have Mm -hmm. to make with Eden. I mean, just are exponentially so much wider than, than parents have ever had to deal with before. And it's just, it's getting crazier out there. For sure. I think, and I think it's really good to say that. I don't know many places that are saying like, we understand that you have the world stacked against you because I know for me, when I was growing up, I played volleyball and I was able to do a ton of stuff. Never once did I ever have a practice, a tournament, a game that conflicted with anything our church was doing. Culturally, that just didn't happen back in the early 2000s and 90s. And so I think just even the decisions that like if Eden decides to play volleyball or even if Eden is really into theater or if she just has a really great friend that she wants to go see that doesn't live in Wiley, like 
we have to make some very clear boundaries and decisions so that we can say, no, what we do is important as a family. We do feel called to what we're doing in ministry because my husband serves on staff here as well. So we feel called to it as a family, but also for Eden, I need her to understand that church is a safe place, that it's where she's going to be loved and where she's going to find out who loves her most, which is Jesus. And so we may have to have those tough conversations. And even too, like my parents didn't have to decide if I was going to have a cell phone. Those did not exist whenever I was an elementary (laughs) kiddo. And they didn't have to decide what social media I was going to be able to take part in. And I think we just need to say that we understand that parents really do have the world stacked against them because you're always on blast for something. Either you're too cautious, you're a helicopter parent because you don't allow your kids to do this, or, well, you're just, you just let them do whatever and they never get to come to church because you're in every sport and every extracurricular activity you can think of and so it just kind of seems like sometimes we're just constantly blasting parents and there's never a win for them and so we really need to understand just as ministry leaders that sometimes the win is for kids to come here and know that it's safe mm-hmm. end of story yeah sometimes the win is for kids to come here and have their Bible. And like, we have a couple of kiddos who, whatever verse we're reading, they highlight the whole chapter. I mean, their whole Bible is yellow and orange because they just (laughs) are all about the highlighting. Maybe that is, that is the win. Or maybe it is just that those babies come and they're loved on and they understand growing up that that is a place where people will love them well. And for the right reasons, not just for what clothes they have on, what iPhone version they have, but for really because of who God created them to be. So I think that's really where we need to target and how we want to come along our parents is understanding that, yes, you have a lot of things stacked up against you, but we want to help you win in your family. We want to help you win in your kids walk with the Lord. And so what that looks like may be different for each family. And like you said, the brokenness that some families are dealing with adds a whole other level of their decision making and how much we get, are they're able to see church, they're able to see whatever's going on. And so we have to just come alongside that and just kind of see what is the win for each family and provide something where every kiddo doesn't matter your Bible knowledge, your how many times you've been to church, if your parents grew up at church, there is something for you to understand the truth of the gospel. And it doesn't have to be you have to go sit in large group or the old school, if I can yeah. say that, Sunday school where it was like sit, be quiet, listen for an hour and color this sheet of paper. It really does need to be exciting and inviting because for some of those parents, maybe just for their kid to love something when they're going to school and showing up and getting bullied every day is really the win. Is just for them to want to be somewhere. And we want this to be the place that they want to be. So, Absolutely. No, I think that's that's awesome. I think that's a great kind of wrap up. And I don't know if I can really think of anything else to say, but I think the, the main point to grasp here is that it is important and it's important for a multitude of reasons. It's not just important because it's church, you know, it's not just important because you're, it's an hour that you don't have to see your kid, you know, I, I mean, and maybe for some people they need that break and that's absolutely fine. And we want to be supportive in that as well but i think it's important just for all these reasons we've already talked about 
and obviously because of the most important reason, which is the eternal impact mm-hmm. of it all, which is obviously the whole driving force behind what we do, what we do. So do you have any final thoughts though, Kim, as we, as we close out? Yeah, I just think really just the importance, we could talk all day about that, but it is proven time and time again, even statistically, that if kids do not hear the gospel and respond to the gospel by the time they are 10 to 12. When I was growing up, it was like 18 to 19. That's why you always had youth ministers hired before kids ministers. But now the trend is really by 10 to 12, if they haven't heard the gospel and responded to the gospel, it is drastically lower that they will respond as a teenager. And Not to say youth ministry isn't important. My husband serves on a youth ministry staff here, and it is just as important. But I think it's so vital, and I really hope that parents understand that even as birth, four months old, four years old, fourth grade, it doesn't matter the age of your preschooler or kiddo, it is important that they hear the gospel so that they will have time to respond and be able to really build that foundation. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for our first episode today. Thank you guys so much for following along and listening. If you would, please like and share wherever you get your podcast from. That will just help us to grow, get the word out, and just hopefully encourage a lot of people all over. So thank you guys again for listening. And until next time, we hope you guys have a great rest of your day. We'll talk to you again real soon.